Today we've got Matthew Madden. Matthew, uh, thank you for joining us. Have I got you there? You have. Yeah. You've got me at home in COVID-19 lockdown in Melbourne. <laughs> well, mate, you've been, COVID aside, you've been a very busy man and, um, and some of that work hopefully is uh, being reflected in share price now. Um, I'll leave your disclaimer there just for one minute, but Matthew has been the CEO, uh, came into DXN late last year, and he's been able to secure some big contracts for the company in his time. Um, DXN are a very interesting business, uh, obviously very, very relevant in this day and age. Uh, modular data centres are very, very important um, for machine-to-machine learning. They're also very important uh, for high-speed internet uh, and creating the ability for that to be uh, in whatever location it needs to be in. Um, and I'll let Matthew tell you tell you the story. Matt, I'll hand over yourself, and we're starting a few minutes late, so I'll I'll, I'll put that into your time. Thank you for. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm happy to get through as quickly as possible. So if there's some questions, we can get to those. Um, look, thanks very much, Patrick, and thanks everybody for joining today. And for those of you that don't know who DXN is, um, with uh, Patrick's very kind introduction. DXN is Australia's uh, is, is a small cap listed uh, uh, data centre uh, company. Uh, by that, uh, we're the only fully integrated data centre company in in Australia. So that means that we design, uh, build, uh, build, uh, install, uh, operate, and in some cases own data centres. So in the case of the ownership, we have uh, two operating data centres one in Sydney at uh, Sydney Olympic Park, which is in the centre of, uh, for those not familiar with Sydney, where that is, that's in the centre of Sydney, and it's the most uh, it's the most centrally located data centre to all other data centres uh, in Sydney. Um, and then we have a data centre that we've just purchased uh, off the back of a capital raise, which we've just completed, um, and that data centre is located in Hobart, Tasmania. Um, it is a uh, it is a it's a great little deal for us um, and a great little uh, opportunity and it presents um, a good uh, strong sovereign base of customer in there as um, we have a large uh, installation uh, with the Tasmanian government in that site. What this is really talking about is the evolution of the internet and you may ask, well, what's the internet got to do with the data center? Well, basically, um, all of the servers and machines that uh, that we access information from sit inside a data center somewhere in the world, and they are interconnected and networked through a variety of uh, fiber optic cables uh, and uh, wireless uh, broadband connections at some point. So if we take our minds back to sort of 2007, 2008, that was really the beginning of what uh, what we would call as the mobile broadband technology really started to kick into gear. And that was really um, where the first smartphones started to really come alive. Um, that meant that we could interact on, um, on, a, on a phone, a mobile device, much in the same way that we would interact on a desktop computer. And so that really started to spark up not only imagination, but different types of applications, which included the likes of uh, the cloud providers that really started to emerge at this point in time. And that's because there was a much broader access medium uh, now available to people. And we had more people connected to the internet. If we, if we start to move into that second stage um, of the internet or the second wave, it's where we sort of first started to play with things like machine-to-machine -machine communication beyond uh, just uh, computers talking to other computers. 
it was more about what are the other things that we can do across the internet as a medium? Uh, can we do video? Uh, can we start sharing um, uh, on-demand on movies? Um, can, that, can those sorts of things start to evolve more freely as uh, greater bandwidth starts to evolve? And we also started that first stage of uh, sensor technologies where looking at um, what I would say is that first introduction of IoT type things where we were measuring temperatures remotely using the internet or we were measuring um, fuel levels in, in, in generators or fuel levels or we were monitoring trucks um, as they travelled around using GPS as well. And then we, where, where we're sort of heading to now is, is, is again, following that wave of uh, mobile technology as well, which is 5G. And there's been a lot of uh, communication associated to 5G and how potentially people have to wander around with um, foil hats and things like that because it's, it's going to infect them with COVID-19. Look, nothing could be further from the truth. The reality is that um, 5G technology is a re really big push for edge computing and how that's going to evolve more freely. The reason for that is that um, on, the, uh, on, on the 5G side of things, uh, latency is a key condition um, for that type of technology. So latency is basically uh, the speed in which the information that you're requesting across the internet gets to you. Um, so the faster that is, i.e. The, 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 the less time it takes to get back and forward, um, is, is latency. And that's a key measure for more sensitive applications like um, driverless cars, like drones, uh, communication. Um, those sorts of things are things that will require a more enhanced internet. And that's where the edge data center starts to kick into place. And that's where the edge computing starts to kick into place. So if we take a look at the current model um, on your screens now, which is talking about the cloud, and that's really, um, if you like, um, uh, Amazon Web Services, Facebook, um, uh, Google. Um, th these are all the big cloud operators in the market. And we interconnect in the, in, into them and Microsoft, and we buy compute from them uh, for our businesses. But also in households, we, we utilise that infrastructure for other things like Netflix. Um, and factories and hospitals also require information there to come back. The problem with that model is that more and more people are hitting it. And with the current pandemic that we've just had with COVID-19, the direct result of that has, has meant that we've seen uh, initially a slowing down of the internet. And people are working from home and they're using things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams to communicate with their, with their office or their co-workers. That has created incredible pressure onto the internet. And in fact, it's also increased the demand for the cloud providers and also started to kick into real life um, the opportunity of edge. So it's, it's pulled forward that demand by about three years. Um, and that means that we are now sort of fast-tracking our way through to that. So what happens when you look at that is that the reality is that the data centre infrastructure, traditionally a bricks and mortar type construct, um, is, is now not able to meet up with that demand. So a prefabricated form factor needs to be considered and utilised more widely. And so we are starting to see that demand uh, being driven through um, into the market with the mainstream operators. And the mainstream operators are requesting a prefabricated form factor. Um, when we've looked at uh, things like the recent announcement by New South Wales government 
uh, where they're looking at um, some uh, a combination of data centres and network to improve regional Australia. Um, the reality is that the data centres that will be built for those for those markets will most likely be prefabricated data centres uh, deployed in the site in some form or another, and they'll be they will most likely be in a modular design form as well. So whether DXN is successful and, and we are bidding on that tender or one of our competitors is, the, the reality is that the most likely outcome will be a prefabricated modular design uh, that will be the successful um, uh, party into that. Okay, so um, DXN, just to sort of take you through who we are, um, we have a modules business, we have a factory, we, we design and build uh, data centres inside that factory. Um, we can build uh, currently with our current size, and we are small, uh, but we're, we're, we're growing um, and we will grow over time. Seven megawatts of capacity roughly equates to about 35 to 50 modules uh, through the factory. Um, we're growing the reputation in um, the subsea cable market, and you might uh, reflect on what I mentioned before, that the, the, the internet is, is a combination of things that sort of exist there, and one of those is, is uh, fibre optic cables. Reality is most of the fibre optic cables that carry the internet live under the ocean. Um, we're a turnkey uh, a deployment specialist in that regard, and we're also a manufacturer in Australia, which is a little bit unique, and uh, are being Australian-owned as well, and we export that uh, overseas to overseas markets. Our data centres, um, again, are built on the same principles as the modules. Uh, they're capital efficient, scalable, and closely matched sales revenue uh, to capacity uh, allocated, and that's because we are in control of how we build that capacity up for our customers. So we don't have to build out a large volume of uh, data centre space and have that sitting empty for many, many years. We build out smaller components and match our capital uh, because we are a small cap uh, business and we need to manage that closely. So our vision and mission, our vision is to bring critical communications infrastructure close to our customers. Essentially what we're saying is the edge is the, is the last component uh, for the customer. So we want to be that party that brings that closer to them. Look, we have some missions and some and some uh, and some goals to achieve, and we've we've set those goals in front of you, which you can easily read. But more importantly, we're targeting to uh, have a goal of 60 million in revenue um, out of our three business uh, lines. So, co-location, which is our data center business, modules, which is our construction business and factory, and maintenance, which is attached to our modular business. So, being the maintenance provider and operator for others that we've uh, built data centre solutions for. Earlier, we, uh, we, we mentioned the cable landing station market and to give the audience just a little bit more of a, a, a view on a addressable market that uh, DXN is actively pursuing, um, the cable landing station market, well, the, the subsea cable market is a $4 billion a year, US dollar a year market. Uh, it, it builds subsea cables and upgrades subsea cables across the continent, across the, across the globe. And uh, DXN, uh, about 7% of that, um, of that uh, $4 billion that they spend is uh, spent on cable landing stations. So cable landing stations are the land uh, landing for uh, the subsea cable to come in before it's distributed to the rest of the nation. Um, and in the photos that you can see there, um, these relate to the island nation of Nui, 
where we are deploying a uh, cable landing station to take the Arbora um, subsea cable um, in place, and that will be uh, that will go live officially towards the end of this year. The subsea cable comes in way before that. So for DXN, um, we we have an addressable market across the key areas that we can address of somewhere between 15 and 40 million US dollars per annum. That is one market for DXN, um, and it's important to just share that with you, um, what that will look like. And as the acceleration and demand um, and and COVID-19 means that there will be much more of a trend towards a modular prefabricated solution for these cable landing stations above a bricks and mortar solution. This particular um, slide is, is, is just talking about some key milestones that we achieved. Um, uh, look, the receipts from customers are in the, uh, in the uh, March quarter uh, for us were up 1.4 million over the prior period. That's a direct result of us um, uh, firstly selling uh, things um, and uh, actually producing uh, that, um, th those things for our customers. Um, so it's really, it's really good that we're able to take the business from being in a startup phase to actually uh, committing on, um, on, on, on achieving numbers. Um, uh, the staffing levels um, and employee costs um, have been uh, reduced so that we can best match our wallet um, with, our, with our ambitions and we continue to do that. Um, and uh, we, we're, we're focused on some, uh, some additional contracts which we're, we're hoping to get uh, across the line um, uh, before, the, uh, before the end of the year, which will be quite, quite significant for us. Um, and um, as well as mentioning uh, Tasmanet, um, which was a recent acquisition that we made, which is immediately cash flow positive to our business um, and, adds, um, and adds for the next three years uh, locked in contracted uh, sales of, uh, of 900000 dollars uh, circa nine hundred thousand dollars per annum of which um, about fifty percent of that is uh, is profit um, and uh, also to just round out uh, we have renegotiated uh, our ANZ facility uh, to have a principal and interest holiday um, which gives us a saving of around 130k per month uh, presently thank you thank you very much uh, Matthew that was great and there's a, a bunch of questions uh, which I'll get straight into um, Okay, Graham is asking, when do you expect uh, to become cash flow positive? Um, it's always it's always the uh, it's always the the twenty thousand uh, foot question. Um, look, we we're working towards that goal. Um, the the cash flow positive nature of the business is dependent on us uh, achieving some of those uh, some of those sales goals uh, that we've uh, we're, that we're targeting, and also um, us uh, us really uh, renegotiating some of the legacy issues that we have within the business that we've inherited. So um, we're aiming towards the end of the year um, is, is where we would like to go, um, but it's, it's, it's just a goal at this point in time that's dependent on sales. Yeah, beautiful. Um, a couple of questions about where people can get access to these slides. I'll put a page up um, uh, which will have the recording of these presentations and the slide decks on there. Just need to get approval from the companies that they're okay with us doing that, but I'm sure that will be fine. Uh, so for those that are asking about slide deck, we'll make that available to you and send it around either tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, 
there's a few questions about the strong share price performance uh, recently. And uh, if you could, uh, I, I know you can't make a comment on, on share price, so I'll, I'll just make that as uh, there's a restriction on Matthew being a comment on his own share price. Um, so maybe I might say that um, there has been quite a bit of news flow and the company have been engaging with the investment community to talk, tell their story. Um, and, uh, you know, we think it's a, a good one. And we've been, you know, we've certainly spoken to our network about it and uh, we'll all be very, very happy with the performance. Uh, so I don't think that uh, Matthew can really say too much more other than that. A few people have asked questions about COVID. It seems to be a topical thing. Has there been any impact on your business uh, from COVID-19? Um, look, we we uh, we stepped into the COVID nineteen issue very early um, in the in the piece. So, in February uh, this year, we started to take precautionary measures associated to that. When we were seeing some of the stuff coming out of the market, um, uh, especially in China, etc. So we we locked in a few uh, key supply items that we needed uh, to produce an outcome. Um, we also uh, sent people to work from home. Uh, pretty early. I have to say that uh, as an organisation, we really haven't missed a beat too much in terms of general operational activity. Where it has sort of impacted us uh, a little bit is it, it has delayed some decisions uh, that uh, that we're expecting to start to flow through. They haven't gone away. Um, they've just been delayed. Um, and so uh, hence, hence uh, for us, um, uh, some sales decisions have been slightly delayed. Um, we expect to see them picked up. We've seen a strong uh, bidding um, on uh, on key opportunities uh, into April uh, and May. Uh, so that's usually an early sign indicator that um, uh, the customers are starting to um, uh, get re-engaged. Um, and, and also uh, our, our co-location business, we've been busily um, working on uh, bringing customers through the data centre. We have a whole bunch lined up when we can open up the data centre to them so that they can come through. So that that's starting to commence in June. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, great, thank you. Uh, now, uh, we've got enough time for one last question. Uh, a, a few questions about the New South Wales data centre. Um, could you have a, you know, how sales going on that front? Is there anything you can comment around? Yeah, I just sort of uh, announced that just before, Pat, but uh, to re-announce it, um, yep. we have been actively working on um, on key customers coming into that data centre. Uh, there are 58 racks uh, available in there in the current form, uh, which we're looking to uh, to fill up, and uh, the delays associated to getting customers through the data centre. As you can understand, uh, customers like to be able to look at the real estate before they... Uh, before they make a purchase decision. So um, I think a bunch of things have gone uh, reasonably well in the last month and they'll be lined up for uh, for um, uh, us to proceed with them as we go through. Beautiful. Matthew, thank you very much for that presentation um, and, uh, and your candour. Much appreciated. Uh, congratulations uh, with the recent success in the business. Uh, it's good to see that being rewarded in your share price as well now. Um, and if anyone's got further questions, when you bump out of the session today, there is a survey. You can drop your questions and feedback and so forth in there, and we can, uh, you know, appropriately facilitate answers if need be. So, Matthew, thank you very much, um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up soon, no doubt. Thank you.